Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption, part of my room in the Whole House. I've been doing a series on the five bees affected by trauma, and I'm not talking about bumblebees. I'm talking about when you have a child that you've adopted or you're fostering that's come from difficult circumstances, that trauma affects five things, and it's pretty much everything when you think about the five bees. And today, I'm going to talk about beliefs, an altered belief system. And I think this is one of the most important or the most neglected. We don't talk about this one very often. Let me put it that way. We talk about the other ones. We talk about the the body, the brain, the biology, which I've already gone over, but we don't often talk about the beliefs. Because we have this idea that everyone has the same perception or foundation or understanding or way of believing things about themselves as we do. That's just a common human fallacy, just to think that everyone thinks the way that we do or has the same sort of nurture that we've had or nature that we've had that we see through that same lens, and it's just not true. So if you are just starting to listen to this series, I recommend that you go back and listen to the first three Bs on the Whole House podcast. And also, you can get a free infographic if you go to the wholehouse.org and go to the printable resource page. And you can click on the one kids who, um, the effects of kids who have had trauma or something like that. I can't remember the exact title, but you can see the infographics on there and download yours so that you can follow along and that you can put all this information together and review it because it takes more than one time of listening, reading, or whatever. I need constant reminders of this stuff because I just forget. So... Anyway, what we're going to talk about today is beliefs. Kids who have had trauma, and adults as well, have an altered belief system. Or that's just kind of the lens through which they see the world. Some children, in fact, refuse reward systems. They refuse to be involved in a system that challenges their negative view of the world. They may find rewards anxiety-producing. Systems also force them to accept responsibility for their actions. And while children may be shame-filled, they typically have a difficult time accepting responsibility following the early years filled with neglect. They react to having to accept appropriate amounts of guilt. That's from Nurturing Adoptions, which is a resource I highly recommend. They may think, I would rather have everyone give up on me. It's easier. So if you are raising a child who has that sort of attitude, like, well, 
I'm just, they just won't even try, which is one of Dreiker's mistaken goals, which I go into in detail in the book, How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos. But whenever children just begin to just, they just won't even try. I can't. It's too hard. That's stupid. I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to mess it up anyway. You know, the kid who starts working on a math worksheet and they get two in and they, you know, stab the paper with their pencil, crumple the paper, throw the paper. They just give up before they even start because their belief is I'm going to fail I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. There's no way I can understand this, so I'm not even going to try. So it's almost as if they have this invisible shield in their brain blocking their ability to try. It's just because of their belief system believing, I can't, therefore I won't even try. So let me just put some of this in perspective for you. Because like I said, children from hard places have an altered belief system. What is one firmly held belief that you have? So stop for a minute and think about that. What would it take me to convince you that your belief isn't true? I recommend that you even pause this. Think about something that you just strongly, firmly believe that you don't think anybody convince you otherwise. And when I'm doing workshops, I often have to tell the participants, like it doesn't have to be religious. It can be anything. But often what we go to is our theology or our religious beliefs. And that's okay too, if you want to choose one of those. But think about that. Get that in your mind. Don't move forward until you have that in your mind. Even if you're still listening, I hope you're thinking about it because it's super important for us to do this exercise so we know where our kids are coming from. So once you have that belief in your mind, whatever it is, it could be even the chair that you're sitting in will not break. It can be like one of the examples I share when I'm doing workshops is about coffee. And it's a kind of funny one, but it's very true. I have a firmly held belief that my coffee maker will work every morning. That when I go downstairs and I start my day in the morning that I can make coffee. The coffee will be there provided that I've gotten it at the store. Someone in the household has I can make my coffee and I can drink my coffee. Therefore, I firmly believe that I'm going to have coffee every morning. Now, if on the rare chance that I go down, which has happened before, and the coffee maker is broken or that little light is flashing that I need to clean it, I'm surprised, I'm shocked, because my firmly held belief is that my coffee maker will be there and it will work. And I will have coffee every morning. Now, think about a child from a difficult or traumatic background. Maybe they've been in a home that's neglectful or there's been an abuser in that home. And maybe one morning they get up for breakfast and someone prepares food for them. Maybe the next morning they get up for breakfast 
and no one prepares anything for them, and they're yelled at while they get out the door to school, and they're cussed out, and they're so the the neural pathways in their brain do not make one straight path like my straight path is get up in the morning, I know the coffee maker will be there, and I'll have coffee. So these kids that have had trauma, then maybe the next morning, they can't even find mom or dad. Mom or dad got drunk the night before, they're passed out somewhere, and they didn't even come home. So can you see how that belief system may be altered from our own? They don't even know if they're going to get fed. So there can't be any logical cause and effect thinking in that scenario. It's not if I do A, if I get up, there will be breakfast, there will be B. It's if I do A, get up, I don't know what kind of outcome I'm going to get. So go back for a second to that thought that you were thinking about, that strongly, firmly held belief. Now I'm going to ask you this. What would it take for me to convince you that your belief is not true, that something else entirely is true? Could I? Could I do it in a two-hour period? Could I do it in a day, in a week, in two weeks, in a month, or in a year? So when you're thinking about that, obviously... It would probably take me a really long time to convince you, or maybe I couldn't even convince you. So we must remember that each child that comes into our home has a history that includes a culture that may be greatly different than the one that we live in. We can't expect these kids to maintain the same beliefs about themselves and about the world around them. We must truly believe that each child that comes to us is precious, but that doesn't mean that they believe that. The child's history and the impacts of that history often work together to shape many of the child's most deeply held beliefs. This includes beliefs about parents, caregivers, teachers, ministry leaders, relationships, themselves, and you. They may believe things like this. People don't help me because I'm not worthy. If I'm lovable, someone wouldn't have treated me this way. And don't forget, remember abuse and neglect. Abuse says, I don't like you. And neglect says, you don't exist. These become firmly held beliefs. So your child that's come home to you through adoption or foster care may believe they don't exist and they're going to behave in that way. Maybe they're going to behave in a way that they want you to know they exist. Or maybe they're going to behave in a way that they think they don't deserve to exist. And I'm going to talk more about behavior next week because that's the last of the five B's. So I I hope that I've given you a big chunk to think about this week. It's a lot to process if you've never thought about your child having 
a belief system that is so deep and so entrenched that it's very difficult to convince them otherwise. And the truth is the way to convince them is not to just tell them, but to show them over and over and over. And that's one of the reasons I think that schedules are so important for the belief system because back to my coffee example, if you are having breakfast at the same time every day and you are feeding your kids lunch at the table and dinner at the table, those are actions that will begin to alter their belief system. If they've had weeks and then months and then years of every morning getting up and knowing that you are going to prepare some sort of breakfast and feed them, then they will begin to believe that they deserve to have breakfast. And I know that's a very oversimplified example, but that has a deep and lasting and meaningful effect on what kids will believe about themselves. And it's the same thing with a bedtime routine. If you read a book every night to your kiddos and you enjoy that time together, then you are investing in the belief that they are worthy and valuable and they deserve to be loved and they deserve to have time spent with them in a positive, meaningful way. So I'm going to finish up for today because like I promise every week, this is only supposed to be 15 minutes, just a coffee break, but I'm going to end up, end with telling you this. Don't forget to get your infographic on thewholehouse.org and also for my e-course, How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos, chaos on Teachable, I'm doing a special if you use the code PEACE, P-E-A-C-E, in all caps, you can get 50% off this course right now for the first 50 people who use that code. So thanks for being with me today, and I will see you next week on the Whole House Podcast, the Positive Adoption Edition. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on thewholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the Whole House.